0: Ticket City presents, why you go to the game to see Georgia Southern. The play is known simply as the run. Peterson took a handoff up the middle, broke a tackle at the line of scrimmage, spins away from the next defender he meets, and he shakes off a diving tackler. 30 yards down the field, he meets another defender and literally throws him out of the way with his right arm. Grabs him by the shoulder pad and swipes him off onto the sideline. It was really so surreal because the place is going completely berserk during the run until he throws off that defender. He throws off that defender. The whole place went silent, stone silent, like an intake of breath. <sighs> it was just so amazing. Nobody had ever seen it before. And then, of course, the place exploded again after they all caught their breath. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit savannahnowcom sports and click on tickets. Well, he will. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now. Down the sideline. If he can get loose, he's gone. Illigwe will score. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown.
1: Georgia Southern. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Georgia Southern Extra. I'm Travis Jadon, the beat writer for Georgia Southern at the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. Special episode today for you guys. We'll have basically a recruiting rundown for you guys. We'll start with my interview with Justin Judy of 247 Sports. Justin covers Georgia Southern really well in, in the recruiting aspect and kind of gives us some guys that we need to look out for as the early signing period is now... Um, on us so we'll start with that interview with him take a quick break and then jump into another interview of mine with uh, Georgia Southern signee David Spaulding. Spaulding is a cornerback a three-star prospect from Bradwell Institute in Mm -hmm. Hinesville so we'll have uh, that with Mr. Spaulding at the end of the episode and then later this week make sure you keep an eye out for Greg and I's season wrap-up Uh, On that, we'll have a bunch of different stuff for you guys. We're kind of wrapping up a special season for Georgia Southern football. So thank you guys for listening and stay tuned this week. All right, guys, we're joined now by Justin Judy of 247sports.com. Justin covers recruiting from basically every angle for 247sports.com with a focus on Georgia Southern football. And with signing day, the early signing day, uh, now in its second year of existence, Beginning this week, um, we wanted to have Justin on to kind of give you guys a rundown of who you need to be looking out for, um, and who are some of the you know the key guys and, and key positions that Georgia Southern will be trying to fill following a, a rebound ten and three season. So, Justin, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. The first, man, yeah, I wanted to kind of talk about you know what's happened most recently, and that's. Uh, Georgia Southern's bowl win and and maybe what kind of an impact that will have moving forward. I've had people ask me that question and I, I, you know, I don't know that we know the answer yet, but what are your thoughts as far as the momentum that Georgia Southern had to close out the season heading into this signing day and kind of what kind of impact that will have?
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt. Um, I think they've already kind of got their guys for the early signing period wrapped up and, and, you know, ready to roll. Um, It definitely will carry momentum forward for, january and the end of december and uh for the f- february date because i do feel like they're going to hold some spots over they're not going to sign 25 guys here um you know wednesday through friday i imagine they'll get around somewhere around the 15 to 17 uh signee mark um depending on how things shake out of uh, you know someone asked me on the radio earlier this week and they asked me about you know is anybody going to flip and stuff and i'm like well surely if i knew than the Georgia Southern coaches would know. We really don't know what will happen. Um, It's kind of a uh, – it's a wild card. Everybody, you know, across America, coaches are going to have a restless night even if they think they got a guy. They don't know what's happening on their phone in the other room, you know, or another text they got from a coach. So um, I feel like Georgia Southern's in good shape to, to, to land a really strong early signing class, and, uh, you know, but as far as – um, any of the momentum from the game, I think we'll see that kind of fruits of that come in January when they're able to show the kids, "Hey, look, we took a two-win team to ten wins, and uh, we were able to secure that bowl victory."
1: And Justin, for any, most of the people listening, kind of have a firm grasp on, on how recruiting works and how the the two signing days work, uh, you know, nowadays. But for anyone listening that's kind of new to this, anyone that's that's not really been keeping up with recruiting over the last year or two, can you briefly explain to them what the difference is now and kind of what this week is and then what the first Wednesday in February is?
0: Sure. So signing day, you know, used to be traditionally first Wednesday in February, um, and in, and last year they saw an early signing period where recruits and commits and all that good stuff could go ahead and sign early if they wanted. This year it falls December 19th to 21st. So this tomorrow through Friday they can sign, uh, pick any day they want. They don't have to sign. So uh, it's kind of up to players choosing. Um, most of the coaches, I think, are in unison. They all want it to be done. So they want their class to go ahead and, you know, be in the boat per se. So Right. Um, it's obviously something that these coaches are pushing a lot of these kids to do. So they don't have to, what I like to call babysit for another month and a half. They don't have to. Um, I remember an incident a couple of years ago where, you know, Tate Crowder was committed to Georgia Southern and they felt great about him before the early signing period. And, uh, in the midnight hour, he commits to Georgia because Georgia had a spot open for him and, and they lost out on a guy they really were, were excited about. Now he's doing big things at, you know, the University of Georgia. So. You can't stop that stuff from happening, but, you know, this early signing period, I think it does benefit the G5 schools more than the P5 schools because the P5 schools, what they're doing is trying to say, hey, hold out till February. We might have a spot for you. But the G5 guys are saying, hey, look, we want you now. So it's an interesting battle these kids have to face. And, uh, you know, most of them, if they've got a spot they're happy with, they're going to go ahead and sign early and sign tomorrow through Friday.
1: All right, Justin, and then kind of still staying general before we get into the specifics of this, the the 2019 class. Last year, Chad Bunsford w- took the job uh, full time, you know, or got the job full time in in late November, and then you know, was dealt this hand the early, the first year of the early signing period last last year, and and now this year he's kind of had the full complement of time to to. Shape the class how how he'd like to. And and same for Bob the best and Scott Sloan. Have you seen kind of, and I guess this is just my own curiosity, have you seen any indication that there's a certain type of player or a certain kind uh, of player, just the way they're built, you know, at a certain position um, that they prefer over another guy? I'm thinking, for instance, you know, some option teams prefer you know, a little bit of a smaller offensive line so you can have guys that are able to move and pull and stuff like that. Has there been anything like that that you've seen early on from Lunsford and company that leads you to believe they prefer a certain type of guy over another?
0: Not really. What I've seen is they're getting speed, which is obviously key for that offense. Uh, Mm. They're trying to get a lot of speed uh, first and foremost. And then what I've kind of noticed what they're doing is they're honing in on a guy or two at a position and really sticking with those guys and hoping that they – pay off you know they're only bringing one quarterback in right now that's committed one running back true running back unless you consider you know obviously the transfer of jd king plays in somewhere but you know they're trying to get those speed guys on offense and on defense you know it's kind of last year they got justin birdsong and brandon cross and this year you know david spalding out of uh bradwell institute kind of in that same mold i mean i think they're going and they're trying to swing for the best available players that they can possibly get and 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 they, they are you know an offensive line you know they're still getting the, you know, 280, 300-pound guys. um. But as far as more agile than others, maybe. But it seems a lot like when I was covering Willie Fritz's staff, it seems a lot like those type of offensive linemen, which, mm-hmm. you know, similar – very similar offenses there. Tyson was just – wasn't here long enough to really kind of dive into what they were trying to go for. And the offenses kind of – you didn't really know what they wanted. They're, they didn't have an identity. Let's just call it what whip was. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, this, this these guys are just really – Focus on going and beating out the you know the other G5s and and definitely the Sun Belts and trying to get the best available class and best available players in the position they can get.
1: All right, Justin. So right now we know it's 16 guys committed, verbally committed, right at, at this point on Tuesday night. I've
0: got I've got 17 right now.
1: 17. Okay. Um, so 17 guys. Uh, you, you touched on the them bringing in one quarterback. We know that Georgia Southern's losing uh, some depth at that position. What have you seen? From is it Jaden Jenkins? Is that right? That's correct. And I think what you you might have been missing—they got to commit
0: today from Emil Smith from Etowah, Alabama. That might have been the extra. He actually committed today.
1: Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about him. What is kind of what what does he offer? And then you know, I'd I'd also like to learn a little bit more about Jaden Jenkins and what they think about him as a quarterback.
0: Yeah, I mean, Smith is a burner. You know, he came on a visit two weeks ago. Uh, Really enjoyed his time at Georgia Southern. Uh, I put a crystal ball pick in for him, you know, coming out of that visit. I talked with some folks around his recruitment. Felt pretty good about Georgia Southern where they were. Uh, the, the kind of the, the wild card was if he was going to take a visit to South Alabama because he is from Alabama. Um, he he ended up not doing that last weekend. So then it kind of just made me feel even better about, you know, Georgia Southern where they were trending. And uh, his, he decided to commit today. Um, still going back and forth if he's going to sign tomorrow or wait till February. So we'll, we'll kind of monitor that situation for, for Smith. But uh, as far as Jaden Jenkins, um, you know, he's kind of like, you know, talked about earlier with the guy they targeted early. He had Cincinnati, East Carolina, Coastal Carolina type offers. And um, Georgia Southern really, you know, Bob Best did a good job on him and uh, kind of targeted him as the guy he wanted. And uh, 6'3", you know, 210 type size, a mobile runner, dual threat guy um, can do a lot of things and throw the ball really well. And, um, you know, he's been real quiet through the recruiting process, but, um, you know, he stayed loyal to Georgia Southern and, you know, all, all expectations are they're going to sign him tomorrow.
1: So Justin, we know that, you know, most college programs have their, their head coach and their two coordinators. And then if the best recruiter on the staff is not one of those three guys, uh, you know, I think a lot of people tend to miss the importance of having a guy on your staff that kind of is the go to guy. Is there someone on the Georgia Southern staff, that, you know, that isn't Bob DeVest, Scott Sloan, or Chad Lunsford that's kind of hangs their hat on being a good recruiter? Is there someone that, you know, you would say at least?
0: Well, the two guys I kind of see to stand out on the staff outside of the coordinators and, you know, Chad still in the deal at the end is uh, you know, Victor Cabral, defensive line coach. He, mm-hmm. he, he takes a hand in a lot of the stuff that happens when Georgia Southern was winning with Willie Fritz. I mean, it seemed like every time I was talking to a recruit, and he was actually an off-the-field coach at the time, they would always say his name. And I'm like, Victor Cabral, the off-the-field coach? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, that's incredible. But he really, he's really sound. He came back from Sanford and kind of picked up where he left off. I think A.J. Watkins' defensive line commit from Langston Hughes and Fairborne, Georgia, is probably one of their better commits, even though he doesn't have a star rating. Some of the other guys do He's a good player, and Tulane's trying was trying to get on him late in offering, but uh, you know he's a really good player. Victor does a good job, um, and then you know the other one would would be Chris Foster, a running back coach. Seems like every year he's getting a, a fringe SEC running back uh, and multiple guys. You know, uh, I get to get some credit for J.D. King um, he's transferring in. That's going to be a huge pickup. But Gerald Green, in his own right, is a really good running back. They they really feel like he's the best running back in Georgia. Out of East Coweta, and uh, are really happy to hang on to him and uh, do some things with him in their offense. So, those are probably the two I would kind of say, you know, set themselves apart. But George sullivan has got pretty good recruiters across the board.
1: Yeah, for anyone listening that hasn't seen tape of, of Gerald Green, the running back that Justin just talked about, you do yourself a favor and check that out because he he really he really does look the part. I guess Justin, closing up here, we got seventeen guys. Uh, you said in this class so far, and, and obviously that could that could move up or down a little bit uh, in the next 48, 72 hours. But is there a guy, you know, nowadays, it seems like each class at each school kind of has its own identity, and maybe there's a leader of each one, uh, for lack of a better word. Is there someone in this class that Maybe you've seen doing a little bit of recruiting for Georgia Southern already, like a, a leader of the class, you know?
0: Yeah, I think Gerald Green's kind of that alpha. You know, he's been committed for a while. Probably mm-hmm. one of their better players. Everybody out in the state knows him. You know, he's one that's been pretty vocal. He stayed with Georgia Southern for a while. Um, you know, Griffin Carter out of Lee County, Georgia. Uh, I'm trying to get over there to watch there. They play in the national championship this this weekend. Uh, get over there and get some get some things on him. I mean, he's a Six five two ninety. 90. So there's a prototypical guy that could come in and play some guards for Southern. Then, then he probably is one. He's got a good pedigree, two state championships. Uh, he's pretty vocal guy, you know, and then, uh, JD Kings helped out some, you know, he's, he's a guy that all these, all these players know. They can go look him up and see what he's done at Oklahoma state and at Fitzgerald. And, uh, uh never hurts to have a kind of a big brother type guy come in your class too. So, mm-hmm. um, done a good job of peer recruiting all across the board and and then david Spaulding, you know having that guy that they beat duke out for is kind of impressive too
1: all right justin well we appreciate you joining us today you want to tell everyone how they can follow you uh over the next couple days i know you'll be a busy guy and have lots of stuff uh that folks will want to check out
0: yeah it's uh twitter uh justin judy 247 and then uh esi 247 on twitter and then uh eaglesportsinsider.com is our website and uh yeah we'll have quite a bit of covers and recruiting reaction and all that good stuff and uh shoot it you know it's crazy to say but 2020 will be right around the corner so we don't really ever get a break in recruiting so we'll be hitting all that good stuff for everybody
1: seems like it's a 24-7 cycle nowadays right
0: Uh, no doubt about it and uh appreciate what you're doing man i appreciate uh the time and, and letting us come on here
1: well thank you justin appreciate it guys. This episode of the Georgia Southern Extra Podcast is brought to you by the Savannah Morning News' Empty Stocking Fund. Since 1971, the Empty Stocking Fund has been making sure all needy children will have a reason to smile on Christmas morning. Countless readers have shared their blessings with those in our community who are suffering hardships during the holiday season. All contributions are appreciated and will be acknowledged in the manner requested by donors. To donate, please send checks made payable to SCF. Empty Stocking Fund to 2225 Norwood Avenue, Suite B, Savannah, Georgia, 31406. Again, that is 2225 Norwood Avenue, Suite B, Savannah, Georgia, 31406. And make sure to label it SCF Empty Stocking Fund. Thank you and happy holidays. All right, we're being joined now by David Spaulding, who has just signed his letter of intent for Georgia Southern, the class of 2019. Spaulding is a cornerback, uh, secondary prospect, uh, highly rated by a lot of different services, um, top 100 in 247 Georgia rankings, top 105 in rivals rankings. David, thank you for joining us today.
2: Yes, sir. I Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, man. So first, let's talk about what kind of why you picked, and we just talked about it bef- before we started recording, but kind of why you picked Georgia Southern and when you really knew that, that this is a place you wanted to go to.
2: Well, like, during the season, like, I was going there a lot. And it's just, I guess, me going there, like, created that bond. And then me having a bond with the teammates when I had went on an official visit. And the coach, coach Lunsford, he's real humble, and I like that about him.
1: So so I guess that might answer this next question, but w- what was different about Georgia Southern? Did you get a chance to kind of see what the school was all about, you know, maybe off the football field and kind of what the atmosphere was around the program?
2: Yeah, so they um, it's really a fa- like family-type atmosphere. Like, everybody looks out for everyone, really. That's what I like about it.
1: So this year when you're watching the team, you know, I know you had plenty of other offers and other opportunities, but when you were watching the Georgia Southern team – uh, this year what what stood out for you about you know the really the historic turnaround that they had this season
2: they were growing like because last year it takes a lot a, le- a lot of leadership to grow from two and nine to i mean two
1: and ten to ten and three yeah it was, i mean it was something to watch it, it was really unexpected and once they got rolling they really started playing well so what other schools were you considering um besides georgia southern and did you decide, you know, recently or did you kind of know a while ago but you just wanted to wait to make it official?
2: Yes, sir. The schools that I was sitting in were Duke, North Carolina, Boston College, and a late bloomer from UCLA.
1: Awesome. So what – what have you, ta- have you talked to Coach Sloan or any of the defensive back coaches about kind of how they'll want to use you um, next yes. season and just your whole time in Statesboro, really?
2: Yes, sir. Uh, they talked about me playing like kind of – both a little bit, but mainly defensive back, like cornerback. But they, since I got good length and good hips and stuff like that, they said they can use me wherever I need to be used uh, to help the defense.
1: So we know that uh, Coach Sloan, he implemented his 3-4 defense, and there's a lot of you know zone principles in that. How does it compare to the defense that you've run at Bradwell Institute uh, in your time there?
2: Well, we run really the same defense, and that's the thing that helped me out too. Because transitioning from Broward to Georgia Southern, we run the same defense, same schemes and all that.
1: So have you had a chance to talk to any of the other guys um, in this class um, about Georgia Southern, about what you guys want to accomplish uh, during your time in Statesboro? Yes,
2: yeah, sir. Me and Derek Cantine, you know, we played Cabinet 7-7 together. We played on the same team. And we were just telling each other, like, we're going to have to be, we got to step up. But when I'm you leave, we're going to have to be leaders and win another bowl. And to win a season.
1: So right off the bat, that's the goal, though, is to get, get to another bowl game and just continue the winning ways?
2: Yes, sir. Keep the tradition going.
1: So tell us something maybe that most people wouldn't know about you. I guess it doesn't really have to be, uh, you know, football related, but what's something that, that most people wouldn't know about you just from looking at a recruiting profile?
2: Um, Well, I'm very humble and caring. Like, and that's really about it, really. Like, not too much. Just, like, laid back.
1: Well, yeah, it sounds like you'll fit right in uh, to to the culture at Georgia Southern. Is there is there somebody in the pros or or maybe the, in college football now that you kind of model your game after that you look up to?
2: Well, no, sir. I mean, I try to be like myself, really. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I really just try to be myself, be the best I can be. But the uh, person that I will be like looking for help for when I get there is Kendall.
1: Yeah, Kendall Vildor—that's definitely a good person to model your game after, especially after the season that he just had. So, I guess talk about that briefly. Uh, Kendall Vildor and Monquavy and Brinson coming back—did that play a part in your decision? Having two guys like that to kind of you know model your game after, or two guys to look up to when you get to Statesboro?
2: Yes, I wonder if they can get all first reason and all American, they should know something. So, like they could teach me. They already talked to me. They could teach me. They're gonna help
1: me out through the process. Awesome. So you guys, so you guys have have nineteen in this class now. I think it's six or seventeen senior high school seniors, and then some guys uh, that are transferring in from JUCOs and other schools. If there are any other Georgia Southern recruits right now for this class that that didn't sign today and that aren't going to sign during the early signing period, but they're listening to this, what would you tell them if they're considering Georgia Southern versus another school?
2: Georgia Southern, they have that. Family, brotherhood, atmosphere. You won't have nothing really to think like. You won't have to worry about nothing really. You're going to get good football and good education.
1: All right, David. Well, we appreciate you joining us today, man. You want to tell everyone how they can follow you on Twitter and how they can keep up with you? It's at Rambo29. Awesome, David. We appreciate you joining us today, okay, man? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now.
1: Down the sideline.
0: If he can get loose, he's gone. Elway will score. The Wesley
2: Fields. Touchdown, Georgia Southern.